Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we have Mr. James Swanwick from Swanee's Glasses. I'll show you them a little bit further into the episode. Now, James is someone who is a specialist at optimizing sleep. That was really the first focus that he used. Then looked at using it for peak performance for entrepreneurs, business owners all over the world. So if you're ever someone who's wanted to optimize their sleep, wanted to improve their sleep, wanted to make sure that they get better results on a day-to-day basis, this is an episode for you. We also dive into a little bit about how he's been helping people stop drinking and also how he's become a master networker, networking with just a couple of, you know, run-of-the-mill people like, you know, Brad and Angelina with uh, George Clooney with Arnold Schwarzenegger, just your everyday folk, you know, so we dive into that as well. So if that's ever been a point of curiosity for you, you will not want to miss this. So let's jump into the show. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Uh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to start off every podcast asking the same question, which is if you and I met and we were out at a party and we we're networking and hanging out, and I said to you, James, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I help people feel better by reducing and quitting alcohol and sleeping better. Mm, I love that. And sleeping better, I think, is one of the most important ones. And some people might be wondering why you and I are both wearing quite colorful glasses at the moment. Fill us in a little bit on sleeping better. Number one, like how did that come about for you where you went, look, that's something that I want to focus on and build my business around? Well, my sleep was always okay, but it was never great. It wasn't horrible. It was just kind of average. I was in Palm Springs at a hotel restaurant one night and a friend of mine was wearing this really ugly pair of kind of orange safety goggle glasses. And there was a very attractive table of ladies adjacent to us and they were staring at him wearing these ridiculous looking goggles. And I said, you look ridiculous and you're making me look ridiculous, ridiculous by association. And he said, no, man, I'm trying to block the blue light. And I said, block the blue light what are you talking about and he went on to explain that the artificial blue light that comes out of our tv screens and our cell phones and our bathroom light and kitchen light and microwave light and speedometer light in our cars suppresses our melatonin production and therefore compromises our sleep quality the only problem was i didn't want to look like a meth addict or a meth chef or cook in order to protect my sleep. So I created what I consider to be a fashionable pair of blue light blocking glasses with the orange lens. You wear these predominantly at nighttime in the hours before you intend to sleep. You remove them before you sleep. But what you find is that you fall asleep quicker, you sleep deeper, and you wake up feeling refreshed. So that's kind of how the, how the, the idea came to be. I learned about the power of blocking blue light with an orange lens. And then I'm just vain enough that I wanted to look cool and sexy and stylish while I did it. I love that. And I'm wearing them over here as well. And, and like you mentioned, so there is benefits though. You've got obviously a lighter version there. What's the difference between, so people see people wearing these intense ones versus obviously I've got a pair as well of the like slightly less intense one. What, why is it only at night that we do it? Is it still beneficial to block some part of that blue light during the day? What's the kind of the background on that? So at nighttime, you want to wear the orange lensed blue light blocking glasses. Okay, so I'll put these on. Nighttime, 
okay? And then daytime, more of a clearer lens. Now, the reason for that is, is this. The more orange the lens, the more blue light you block. It is a physical impossibility in the universe that we occupy at the moment to be able to block enough of the blue light responsible for killing your melatonin production with, with anything less than an orange lens. So if you wear these clear lens blue light blocking glasses at nighttime with the intention of being able to sleep better that night, almost useless, despite what all of the blue light blocking companies other than ours and a few others will tell you. They will tell you wearing a clear lens blue light blocking glasses helps you sleep better. It is just physically impossible in the universe that we occupy currently. Why do you wear these during the daytime, the clear lens? Because it filters out the blue light. And in daytime, you actually want energy. You want clarity. You want focus, right? So what these do is it filters the blue light that's coming at you from the screen, which gives you more clarity, more focus, more strategy, more energy to be able to do your work. And it doesn't fatigue you. It doesn't drain you. Now, people say, well, why are you wearing the orange lens glasses during the daytime? Well, because you can, quite frankly. There's nothing, it doesn't hurt you to wear the orange lens during the daytime because you're blocking that artificial light. It's not necessary, right? If your intention is energy and clarity and focus, you can just wear the clear lens. But for nighttime, for sleep, it must be an orange lens. It has to be an orange lens. If I catch you wearing a clear lens pair of glasses at nighttime going, oh, I'm going to sleep great tonight. I won't laugh at you, but I'll kind of inside of my brain just shake my head and just go, oh, I told you, come on, come on. And what classify, when you say nighttime, is that like literally as soon as the sun goes down, wherever you are, is that a certain amount of hours before you go to sleep? Like what's the, what's the, the period that you would recommend people kicking those on from? The gold standard is not the standard that I live by. The gold standard is as soon as the sun goes down, put on a pair of blue light blocking glasses and keep them on. However, we live in 2020 and I know that people, if the sun goes down at 6, 6.30, the chances of you putting on the glasses and keeping them on until you go to sleep at night at 10.30, say, four hours is pretty, pretty minimal. You're going to take them off. You're going to go out. You're going to do stuff. So I'm realistic. I'll tell you what I do. I put my glasses on in the last hour before I know I want to sleep and I keep them on. If I, on those rare occasions that I crawl into bed and I do scroll through my phone, even though I know I shouldn't, if I do, I still do it wearing a pair of the, bl the blue light blocking glasses. And the only times I take these glasses off is when I've switched the light off or switched my phone off. So best practice, as soon as the sun goes down, put the glasses on and keep them on until you turn off the last light. Realistic practice put them on like within the last hour, 45 minutes before you know you're going to want to go to sleep. Love that. Perfect. And so what, what made you want to be able to sleep better and help other people sleep better? Like why was it so important for you that you literally built a whole business around it? Well, I'm into health and wellness. I'm into like peak performance. I'm into healthy habits. And, you know, I, I started wearing blue light blocking glasses and my sleep improved dramatically. I'd also stopped drinking some years before that. I've now helped more than 20,000 people quit drinking. Uh, I wrote a book 2015 called The 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge. I've got a program called Project 90. So I was already living that growth-minded, health-conscious, holistic health and well-being kind of life. And I'm like, why make it difficult? I'll, I'll just make money and generate an income for myself by just sharing what I know with other people. I don't like to cause friction in my life. So I'm like, 
I'm into health, I'm into wellness, I'm going to create a health and wellness business. I wear blue light blocking glasses, I'm going to create a stylish pair of blue light blocking glasses. I don't drink, I'm going to teach people how not to drink. I'm like, I don't need to go and learn a degree and learn something that, you know, I don't really have much interest in. I'm just like, I'm just going to be into the stuff I'm into and I'm just going to share it. That's why I have a podcast, the James Swanick Show, a podcast, Alcohol-Free Lifestyle podcast. Um, I just tend to build businesses around stuff that I'm already doing. And I'm borrowing this, this acronym, ELF, E-L-F. You want everything to be ELF in life. And E-L-F stands for Easy, Lucrative and Fun. And I borrowed that from an online marketer named Joe Polish. Going to say, I, th- I swear that's a, that's a, that's a Joeism for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a Joe Polishism or a Joeism. Is it easy? Is it lucrative? Is it fun? And so far, I mean, easy is a, is a subjective word. So it's a lot easier than if I was working a nine to five job. I'll say that. So it's easy for me to coach this stuff. It's not so easy to build a whole business around it, but it's. I think it can be. It's lucrative and it's fun. Mm. I love that. That's uh, amazing. It's a, a great acronym. And I do, I do want to jump into that a little bit about, for example, Joe, because some of the names associated with the stuff that you've been doing, you've, you've had some high profile people that have jumped on, on board and wearing your glasses and obviously helping in some of the promotion and whatnot as well. How did you go about that? Because obviously you mentioned like helping people quit alcohol, helping people with better sleep, but you've also got like another superpower being your, your ability to kind of network and connect with people. Uh, tell us, tell us a bit more about that as well. Cause I'm always super curious when that comes up. Yeah, I was fortunate enough, Forbes magazine named me one of the top 25 networkers to watch in 2015, which was a surprising and accolade. I think it comes from the fact that when I was 17, 18, 19, I got a job as a cadet reporter on a newspaper back in Brisbane, Australia. And if you've ever worked in a daily newspaper, you'll know that you have like a 6 p.m. deadline to persuade people to talk to you, to write the story, and then submit it into your sub-editors and then the editor so it has time to be printed at the presses and be delivered to people's doorsteps the following morning. So every single day I had this daily pressure or daily need to get people to talk to me, to answer my call, to call me back, to get a quote, to then put it into a story and, and, and get it out into the world. So I had these, this, these daily deadlines entrenched into me for many years as a young reporter. And I think later on in life, those skills helped me to be able to make people feel comfortable in my presence, to relate, to connect, to understand, to create rapport very, very quickly. One of the things I also came to appreciate and realize is that 97% of all persuasion is body language and tonality. It's only 7% what you say and 93% how you say it. And so even now as we're talking, you can see I'm going up and down and I'm pausing. I'm going a little bit softer. I'm going a little bit louder and I'm, I'm kind of like dictating how interesting this may be based on my tonalities. Now I'm using my hands, if, if you're watching this, display emotion to, to signify to you at an unconscious level that this is important. See how I'm doing that? Like this is important. And so I think some of those skills have really parlayed into the business world in that I've been able to connect with people like Joe Polish, who we just mentioned, Tony Robbins or Ty Lopez or 
meet people like Elon Musk and uh, connect with the late Hugh Hefner, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, all these kind of people. It's not that I'm such such, such wonderful uh, company or such a wonderful guy or that or particularly impressive any more than the next person. It's just that when I meet those people, I'm able to create instant rapport and connection, which builds trust, which builds intimacy, which ultimately can lead to business opportunities, such as what you mentioned, you know, relatively famous people wearing my product or, or taking my programs and then sharing it with their audiences. I love that. And I'm always curious. So for example, obviously a lot of the times when it comes to business networking, it's putting yourself in the right room. Sometimes it's buying a a ticket to an event and you get there and you can kind of get around people and and network and you can implement that. But when you go towards the the Hollywood A-listers there where you've got the George Clooney's, the Brad Pitt's, and number one, like how do you put yourself in the vicinity for you to be able to obviously utilize those skills that you've learned over the years. How, like, how did you get into the position to be able to meet with them and then do what you do best? Well, and initially when I first moved to Los Angeles, California in 2003, I didn't know anyone. I was living in a hostel, the Hermosa beach hostel, actually about 20 minutes South of Los Angeles airport. I was living in a bunk bed for about three months. And I, I just said to myself, what, what do I know how to do that I could possibly do in America? And I'd been a newspaper reporter and a journalist. And so I thought, well, I guess I could be a, an entertainment reporter and interview movie stars. And so there was a phone, uh, like one of those phones where you stuck in like a quarter into the machine in the foyer of this hostel. And I just got like 10 bucks worth of quarters. And I just started cold calling movie studios like Sony Pictures and Warner Brothers and Fox and DreamWorks, Miramax at the time. And I just said, I'm a journalist. I want to interview movie stars. How do I do it? And one person took my call or at least gave me time on the call, a woman by the name of Anna Whelan who worked for Sony Pictures at the time. And she said, yeah, come on in and I'll explain it. And I went, okay. So I rocked up to the Sony movie studio and she sat me down and she very kindly just explained how I can get access to movie stars and why she would give me access. And two weeks later, she invited me to interview Jack Nicholson, the two-time Oscar-winning actor for the movie Anger Management. It was He co-starred with Adam Sandler in that movie. And then two weeks later, I was at the Armitage Hotel in Beverly Hills on Burton Way in the penthouse suite interviewing Jack Nicholson. And then I, that interview was published in a magazine in the UK named Loaded Magazine. And then I had them FedEx the, the magazine over to where I was in Los Angeles. I took it up to a FedEx Kinko's place. I photocopied it, the article 20 times that had, you know, by James Swanick interview with Jack Nicholson. And then I got the addresses of all of the movie studios that hadn't taken my call, like Warner Brothers and Fox and Universal and Paramount. And I sent it to them and I said, here's me interviewing Jack Nicholson. May I interview your stars? And then they took me seriously. And then next thing I knew, I was being invited to interview Arnold Schwarzenegger, for what was his then final movie before he went became governor of California, which was Terminator Salvation. And then I interviewed Matt Damon for Stuck on You and George Clooney for Syriana and Angelina Jolie for Taking Lives and Ethan Hawke for the same movie. So it kind of started that way. And then once I was kind of in the industry there and living in Hollywood, I would then later on, not as a journalist being invited, but I was just being invited by people that I met, publicists, friends who had spare tickets, friend of mine who got a ticket to the Playboy Mansion said, you want to come along? I said, yes. Went to the Playboy Mansion where I met Pamela Anderson and Owen Wilson and Hugh Hefner 
that turned into Hugh Hefner inviting me back to the Playboy Mansion where I talked to him about quitting drinking and reducing drinking. And so, you know, once you got your foot in the door and you're kind of in that community, then it just becomes like, are you a person of integrity? Do people like you? Do they trust you? And then, you know, proximity is power. You know, you hang out with a group of people that that interests you, opportunities start to arise. That's amazing. And I think that if you dial back to the very start of that, it's like, well, you have to take action upon things. It's like you, you didn't know if people were going to say yes or no. And most likely you probably would assume that most people are going to say no, but you said, I'm going to do it anyway. Whereas I think a lot of people, when they want to reach out and make connections and obviously, especially at the moment, a lot of it is digitally just because most countries and especially across the US and Australia and everything like that are obviously locked down at the moment. So, you know, you've got to be able to make that that leap. But I find that a lot of people hold themselves back because they don't, they're unsure of what the outcome will be. Whereas it sounds like for you, it's just like, well, I'm just going to like, I know what I can do. I can interview people. So let me go and ask. Was there ever any hesitation or doubt in that, that when it made you want to maybe question going out and just putting yourself out there? Or were you pretty much committed? I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. I mean, I still question myself all the time. I still am not anywhere near my potential. So it's normal to feel that fear. I guess in that circumstance, I just felt the fear and said effort and doing it anyway. And I just did it. And I think at the time, because I was just arrived in America and I was living in a hostel, I was like, what have I got to lose here? There's nothing to lose. It's like, except a little bit of time and effort but I'm willing to use up some time and effort for the potential reward. It's funny as I get older now, because I'm in my mid forties, I'm like, I find myself still second guessing myself. It's not like I'm totally fearless. And I went, all right, let's do it. And it's probably taken me two, two years to psych myself up just to write a proposal to even send it out to a literary agent, just to ask them to even like represent me in going to pitch it to a book publisher. So you know, I wouldn't hold me up as some amazing person who's completely fearless all the time. I would certainly acknowledge myself and and for being fearless on that occasion where I just went, all right, I'm just going to do it anyway. And I think we can take all take an amazing lesson of that. It's like, ultimately, what do you got to lose? Except time, maybe a little bit of money, maybe like a bruised ego, maybe your your dreams aren't realized and you're afraid of that. But like, when it comes down to it, we all got to say to ourselves, it's just like, feel the fear and just do it anyway and see what happens. The president of the United States, his favorite phrase, if you listen intently, is like, we'll see what happens. It's all he says. He'll say, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And I'll tell you, like, agree or disagree with him on many things. That is true. Like, just you got to show up and then see what happens, right? You just put yourself in that room, make that phone call, start that business try it out, ask the girl out, ask the guy out, see what happens. 100%. I think as you mentioned there as well, it's like when you look at the worst case scenario, it's like none of us, well, unless you're listening to this and you are, then take this with a grain of salt, but we're not really, we're not heart surgeons. We're not the presidents of the United States. So our actions, it's not like, okay, cool. If I make it, see what happens when I'm doing a heart surgery. Sure. You could, there's a potential for a loss of life. Or if you're the president of the United States, you could cause a war with China. So there are some ramifications, but for most of us, small business, medium-sized business owners, making the decision to make a phone call or put your yourself out, out there and introduce yourself, you're really not going to have many ramifications in consideration of what other people could happen when, when they're making their decisions on what they're doing. So I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, I wanted to ask though, just uh, and purely uh, selfishly, because I'm very interested in this, um, I've been going through a lot of this lately in the um, 
rewinding to towards the start where you talked about obviously peak performance and things like that. What's a couple of tactical things that you've done? Obviously, I know you've, you've quit drinking, you use blue light blockers and whatnot as well. What's a few tactical things that you've done that you've seen have, you know, if you look at the ease of it and the implementation of that, that have had like skyrocketed your performance when it comes to obviously your business and life. What's a few other little tactical things that you've really noticed have a big impact? This is going to sound woo-woo, but really it's just getting yourself into as happy a state as possible. Uh, I write 20 things I'm grateful for most mornings. It would be an exaggeration for me to say that I do it every morning, but I do it most mornings, pages and pages and pages of 20 things that I'm grateful for. And what that does is that it activates something in my brain named the RAS, which is Reticular Activating System. And so if you're forced to come up with 20 things to be grateful for, which seems like a lot, then throughout the day, you start seeing more things to be grateful for. Your, your mind is, is attuned to that. And so because you're seeing things to be grateful for, you're less likely to be comparing your life to what it should be, right? Because all stress comes from like where you, the, the gap between where you are and where you think you should be. So 20 things that you're grateful for each morning. Look, I'll tell you meditation, but honestly, I myself challenged by that. I do it sometimes. I don't do it nearly as many times as I could. But the times that I do it, I get into a a much happier, calmer state, which enables me to make better strategic choices and decisions. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you that if you consistently express gratitude If you consistently drink lots of water, if you consistently take care of your body and eat well and exercise and get sunlight, that, in my opinion, is going to have more of an impact on your business success than trying to figure out the best funnel or the best hook or the best social media platform to advertise your your stuff on. All those things are are necessary. Don't get me wrong. But, you know... (laughs) Money goes where your energy flows, right? So put your energy into yourself and to building the being the best version of you and being happy, dealing with your own crap. Go and do self-development workshops like Landmark Forum or MITT. Like don't quit drinking alcohol. Like literally just stop drinking that piss. It's terrible. It's crap. And very few ultimate ultra successful people drink alcohol. You want to piss your life away by having a seemingly innocent glass or two of wine each night. That's fine. Do it. You might live a happy life, but you won't be as successful in certain areas of your life if you do that. So anyway, that's a bit of a roundabout way of saying it. But I would say just like sleep better, eat better, exercise more, don't drink alcohol. I live a life of appreciation versus expectation. And that's better than any, you know, conversion funnel that you can build in your business. Spot on. Love that. And I always like to, as we get towards the end of our time together here, I always like to ask this question to kind of wrap things up, which is what's a question that I haven't asked you that I should have? Probably how many hours sleep do you get each night? Or how, what's the quality of your sleep? Because I tell you, when I sleep crappy, my life is crappy. I'm telling you. Mm. So... The answer is like at least seven hours of quality sleep, but I'd take five hours of quality sleep over seven or eight hours of crappy sleep. But I would just say like focus on your sleep because nobody does or few people do. And if you do that, that'll give you an edge over most people. It, it, like, it seems ridiculous and you listen to me and go, Ugh, this is crap advice. Trust me, a decade will go by and you'll start to take this seriously and you'll see tremendous impact in your life and you'll go, oh yeah, that funny guy I, was, I listened to a decade ago was right all along. 
And how do you, do you have any specific method on tracking your sleep or you just go off feel or do you have anything, are you using like an aura ring or one of those whoop bands or anything to kind of sit you and track your performance when it comes to sleep? I'm actually going to buy myself another aura ring today because I, I lost it. I haven't had one in a while. I used to have one, but yeah, you can use aura. There's an app on your phone where you can put the phone underneath the mattress and it, it tracks the, the movement of your mattress in the night. It's a couple of other things. Admittedly, I haven't been tracking it recently because I haven't had my, my aura ring, but yeah, that aura ring or a phone app would be fine. I, I like the, I prefer probably something that where you don't have to have your phone in the, in the bedroom. It's lying right next to you. So I would take that over anything else. Perfect. And now for anyone that's listened to this and they've gone, I love this vibe. I love what James has been sharing with us and want to find out more, whether it's just about some of your programs and products or, or about the Swanee classes, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Yeah, you can send me a direct message on Instagram. If you're listening to me or seeing me somewhere, just send me a message and say, hey, I just saw you here on, on Kim's show. Ask me a question there. It's at James Swanick. If you want to quit drinking, you can start with a 30-day challenge. Go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. If you're an entrepreneur or you know peak performer and you want to really dive into quitting drinking, then go to jameswanick.com slash project90. Project90 is like a, a more intense quit drinking program that I have. And then the blue light blocking glasses, if you want to really learn all things around sleep, including getting yourself a, a light bulb, which literally has no blue light in it from my company. It's called a, a better night's any better night's light bulb. Then go to swanwicksleep.com. My name's Swanwick, S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K. Swanwicksleep.com is where you'll find me. Perfect. Easy done. So guys, wherever you're listening to this, you can click through and see in the show notes. We put all the links for those there. And then if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, click through to the website and we'll have all of those linked up for you guys. So you can connect with James and find out more about everything that he's doing. James, once again, thank you so much for making the time to jump on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Kim. Cheers.